Would you feel more comfortable on an improv stage or canoeing in the backcountry? Find out which Book Interrupted member you're most like by visiting www.bookinterrupted.com forward slash members. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. I feel like Lowry got bored. <laughs> yeah. But then it wasn't like he walked around with a boner all the time. Yes. <laughs> oh, totally yeah. right. Like Loki white supremacy. None of it's <laughs> Stop. It's figurative. All of the comforts of our life is not actually that good for us. Oh, How right. did we lose that one? Oh, she couldn't <gasps> have the sex. We lose so many that way. We lose so many. <laughs> I wonder why this book was banned. Babies in the garbage. <laughs> Seems normal. No way. <laughs> My body and soul, information is the goal. Trying to learn something new. My body and soul, information is the goal. Trying to learn something new. Without being disrupted. Mind, body, and soul. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. During this banned book cycle, we're reading The Giver by Lois Lowry. This book has been banned for violence, sexual references, infanticide, euthanasia, and suicide. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from August 1st to October 1st. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. This is the last episode for the book, The Giver, by Lois Lowry. I think it's Lois, isn't it? I don't know, but I like it. It is Lois. Listen, I saw an interview and she said it's pronounced Lois. <laughs> She's uh, Really? <laughs> really? No. Oh my God. <laughs> You're something else. Can you imagine? It's You're pronounced Lois. Lois? <laughs> That's dear Tay. <laughs> you guys ever seen yeah, the Joe Dirt? It's Dear Tay. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Wonderful. Movie. Feels oh. like it's been a really long time since we talked about this book. Last That's time. what yeah, I said I too. I don't even remember ever talking about it. Are you sure this isn't the introduction episode? <laughs> I oh, remember. I remember talking about it because I couldn't believe the liberties that the movie version took. I was oh, like, right. what? The main character? Isn't a teenager having his first love experience? I was like, this changes everything. What? Yeah, that's funny, right? He's supposed to be just entering puberty. That's why they take the pills. Yeah. Yes. Feel the things. They have to start taking it then. I also, like, I just realized that that never really went anywhere. He took them and then it was like, that was also the first day he didn't take the pill. But then it wasn't like he walked around with a boner all the time. Yes. <laughs> I completely agree. I feel like I feel like they made it a point to say Well, the pills aren't about boners. Kind of there. Yeah, kind of. I feel like they're about boners. I well, guess like kind like of dreams. The boner might be the end, but the beginning is the thoughts, the feelings, the whole mm. uh, of like puberty. And, yeah. It's the wet dreams. 
I think not just puberty because the the parents take oh, them yeah. too. Like yeah, all I of think the, the adults, parents take them. All of the adults mm-hmm. take them. It's about numbing your feelings. Yes, feelings are not acceptable. Exactly. Even when they're like at the table and they're saying, "I had a feeling today." They even said the book. They don't know the meaning of that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. They're like rehearsing. Exactly, and the the variety of emotions and feelings are a threat because that's what could lead to non-conformity. And I think that's one of the main themes from the book and the movie. In his pants. Yes, and his pants. (laughs) Is about... Non-conformity in the pants. Conformity of the boner. His trouser tent. (laughs) Your pants aren't hanging properly. Have you been taking your pills? (laughs) So I agree the boners are part of it, but that's not the main reason. Yeah. I mean, it's really ultimately about control though, right? Like it's the whole society is about ultimate control. And Mm -hmm. I think those stirrings, you know, the pills for the stirrings is a big part of it. Oh yeah. I think it's kind of weird too, though, because before the pills, Mm -hmm. there's still feelings, you know what I mean? Like as people, not part of that society, you have feelings like toddlers have tantrum like these are yeah, feelings the basics like, is, right yeah. like so i don't understand the timing unless that's because i guess the requirement is once you reach this age you're expected to control mm-hmm. your feelings and so this pill will help you i think it's your sexual feelings in particular yes i think so i think mary's saying all feelings because the adults are still taking it mm-hmm. and like so it's you're right it's probably an emphasis on sexual i think it's even the nuances of feelings it's the more complex feelings the potential for having even a emotional paradox within if it's not very clean and straightforward and can lead to purpose in some sort of communal functioning way it seems like that's when emotions were troublesome i think it could also be desire yeah, because you can't even have the desire for a, your own career. They tell you what you're going to do. Or your children. Yes. Yes. Anything beyond that age. Yes, you're right. It is desire. Right? There's all kind of desire. Maybe that. I think everyone having their own desire. What did they call it? Sameness. I think if everyone had their own mm-hmm. desire, they wouldn't be having this sameness And so that's probably part of why they take the pills too, is they want everyone to think the same, feel the same, do the same. Yeah. And the timing is about, I guess, adolescence is when you really start to explore your individuality. And I guess that's what they're trying to dampen. There's no individuals here. Everybody got to be the same. And that's when you start to rebel as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. And to bring it back to the sexual component, because I'm just going to keep bringing it back there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think that that's around that age, right? Where people start, you know, their hormones are kicking in. They're starting to find people attractive. You know, they're sexually attracted to people. So I think that's what I took out of the book when they were talking about the stirrings. It was like of that age, you know, when you start Mm -hmm. hubba hubba for. But they also don't want that, right? Because they even pick your person you marry based on how they think Mm -hmm. that relation will be more harmonious right, right. Yeah. Like it's and not about, advantageous to the collective right. right not about you know exactly yeah even there's a section in the book where they say i think jonah says why don't we let people pick even their own partners and then i believe the giver says something along the lines of what if they pick wrong and right. so i think that's a part of the society too is who's ever in power thinks that they know right and believes that everyone will pick 
pick, well, maybe not everyone, but certain people will pick wrong options. And then that could lead to a catastrophe. Mm -hmm. Can we talk a little bit about the giver, the actual guy? So he was chosen. He's got this super painful and terrible job is to like feel all these terrible- It's like the worst job. Yeah. The worst mm -hmm. job. Yes. And yet the power of like a controlling group to make somebody still do it. And then his daughter, can we talk about the daughter? Yeah. Rosemary. She was yeah. the first one chosen to be oh. the receiver. He mm. loved her and yet he went along with it. It's just amazing how mm -hmm. you can have control and people to go along with it. Cause I mean, they couldn't have lived without the giver, even though he had all this pain, he accepted that he had to. So, because you just said he couldn't live without the giver. And then I was like, yeah, why do they even have that? But because he's the guy holding it all. If he didn't exist, then everyone has yes. to have it. Basically, yeah. that's the point, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. The fact that he loved Rosemary and then she released herself, mm -hmm. then I think that circumstance ultimately led to the giver and now the new receiver, Jonas, making the decision to give the memories back to everyone. Yes. Absolutely. Because of yeah, that feeling sure. of yeah. love and heartache and all I think that, the giver right? had to have that experience because it almost acted as that disruptive force that opened up a space within his mind to start considering other and other being what he wasn't socialized to think, believe, and feel. Or potentially even consider himself. Oh, yes. Because that's really what they're all, you know what I mean, wiped clean of doing. They're just like the collective, the collective, the collective. And through the loss of his daughter, he couldn't deny, and being a feeling holder, he's already vulnerable as far as they'd be concerned. He couldn't deny himself because that love trumped the collective, I guess, really. Yes, and is love our biggest form of desire, regardless of whether it comes out sexually or vocationally or whatever? I think it's more about the connection, which comes out with love too. Nobody's connection in the giver is authentic. Because authenticity is suppressed within the society. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very lonely place for someone not taking the pills, right? Could you imagine? People just want to understand. They're like, I'm feeling, oh, you lost your temper. Go to and bed. Stomped your foot. Yes. Like anger. <laughs> right? Yeah. How the society is set up, even the receiver or the giver, they are set up to be so isolated that it's surprising that even Jonas, maybe not surprising, but he's like, when he gets the memories of grandparents, he says, oh, I wish we had that. He wants that love. And it's so sad that they let the giver or the receiver feel all these feelings and then they can never share that with anyone and they can never feel it beyond their memory. And that is so sad and isolating. And I think that's part of how they keep the receiver or giver in the community is just no one else knows about these feelings and memories. So even if they told them, they're probably like, what are you talking about? Well, in effect, what you're describing is, is that they're keeping the giver and receiver traumatized because trauma tells us that we yes. are alone mm -hmm. in our experience, that we are isolated. Absolutely. And so that perpetual loop, that stress cycle, you're right, is in a way preventing the giver or receiver being able to break out and connect. The fact that Jonas was able to is monumental.
It's funny that you say that though, because obviously what you're describing, I wouldn't want to choose. But when Mayor first said it's the worst job or whatever inside, I was like, no, it's the best job. What I was reading, I was like, I want to be the giver or the receiver. Like, I don't want to be the rest of the fucking robots. So I guess that's just like a reflection kind of, of maybe my acceptance that it's about balance, right? Like you can't know joy if you don't know despair. And you can't know true purpose unless you understand your pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like the pain is is painful and bad, but it's actually good because by contrast, it really highlights the good feelings. Yeah. I found it Mm -hmm. interesting, like to Ash's point, do you remember how they had the day that they could all play and Jonas, because of his memories, he couldn't play with his friends like he used to. Remember they were playing like a- The war game. The war games, Mm -hmm. yeah. And he did experience what war is like and he couldn't interact with them. So I feel like that really cemented his isolation and that he could no longer just be a kid and play with his friends because he had memories. So it's almost like further isolates- him having this absolutely yeah Yeah. one thing I thought was really interesting part of it I'd love to see you know happen more in our everyday lives is the clarity of language you know how they would always get in trouble if they said like oh I'm starving okay no but you're not starving you know when I was reading and I thought you know sometimes I wish we had that more you know in our everyday life as well but then it would just get really freaking annoying though too, right? Because sometimes you just want to blow off scene and be like, I'm starving. It's like, okay, no, I'm actually not physically starving. So anyway, I wanted your perspectives on that too. But now that you mentioned, I think that part of it is that one of the reasons we exaggerate is to communicate a feeling, how extreme we're feeling about this particular situation or our mood. Mm-hmm. Exaggeration sometimes goes along with mood, you know, yeah. and excitement. Your point. So I think mm-hmm. maybe it's like, uh-oh, they're getting a little too close to feeling something, right? Like (laughs) stop and think, don't feel, just think and pick the right word. Mm -hmm. I feel like they didn't like when people were feeling extreme, when they would say certain words and it was kind of extreme, like starving is Mm -hmm. somewhat of an extreme of being hungry. Asher, I don't remember what he said, but then he got whacked. Oh, right. He Mm -hmm. said whack instead of snack. Oh yeah. I forgot that part. I think that's pretty hardcore to whack a kid. Yeah. Asher was very likable. Yeah. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. They can almost do a spinoff on Asher. A spinoff. Well, there. This is a four-book series. Oh, it is. I realized it's later. actually. I thought it was the single book. I'd be interested in reading the other. Did you read any more? Then I've read two of the four. Of course, I you have. Like, I should try to read them before the podcast. <laughs> I read two of the four this week because again, they're not super classic long. Meredith. <laughs> so one of the things that I like about the book, but a lot of people hate about the book, is that at the end you don't know what really happened, and so it makes you think. Hate it. Like, did yes. this happen? Did that happen? And so, oh, like, I love you really that. start reflecting on the book on like what it could mean, and is it a happy ending or a sad ending, or can I choose and all that stuff, right? But if you want to read some more of the books, there's some closure in the last book about what happened at the end in the first book. So I read the second one, which is not in this community. It's a different community. In this dystopian future, there's this community, but there's other communities and they're running the show differently. And there's different aspects of control or not, or lack of. Different communities interact with each other a little bit. Oh my God. Can I make a prediction? Okay, yeah, make a prediction. I just think that book two may be the extreme opposite. So this one was super controlled. So I think book two is going to be like, and then what if there was no control? Mm. I want to know the second book, if you read it, Mare, or is it the third? I want to know which book 
tells me if these guys live. That's all I want to know. <laughs> I need to jump Number to... Number four. Number four. I'm only reading number four. Do it, Sarah. Do it. So I haven't read the third one, which is, you know, I'm... Is it? A, do you know that. if it's another society then? The third one is a, a third example. I of... don't know about number three. Number two is a different society and there's yeah. control as well, but in a different way. Okay. First, it seems like there's less control. But you but find out later secret. that there's yeah. still people in charge doing stuff, right? <laughs> Pulling the strings. There's a character in that book that is in book number four as well. I'm wondering mm. if maybe there's characters in the third book in the last book. I don't know. How yeah, that'd be interesting. Book four. I'm going to go right to book four then. Book four. I you are? I was going to ask, would Sarah be able to give herself permission to skip over two and three because it's a sequence. No, I don't want to know about the other. Okay. I don't want to know the world. Okay. I need to know if the little baby and Jonas live. That's how I feel too, Sarah. <laughs> I feel the same way. I just want to know. Yeah. So I don't even work. care. I want the version that's in my head. What is it, Karen? What's the what's what you think works out? Oh my God. I'm so, the underdog rises and everything is glorious in the end and everyone loves each Aww. other. Yeah. So you think they toboggan down the hill into... Into town. Into town. Into embracing arms of grandparents into forever Christmas land. Forever Christmas land. <laughs> yes, me too. Yeah, and then that's the beginning of rebuilding a new way for that society. And it all works out. They adopt them. The grandparents are there. It's like perfect. Aww. That's what I want to. He has a boner. Yes, a boner. Oh my god. Yeah, it's completely. That's why I don't want to read the fourth one because I'm like, no, I'm holding on to this. Well, even if you just read the synopsis, you'll get a little closure. But it's called Sun. Sun. It's called Sun. S O N or S U N? S O N. Okay. He brings us back to the community and the giver. And Ooh. the main character is a girl who's been chosen to be a birth mother. Mm. And she oh. gives birth to, can you guess it? Dun, a new dun, giver? Dun. Gabriel? Gabriel. So hey. it uh, starts as a Gabriel. parallel story. Hmm. The baby. The baby from okay. the giver. The babe. The babe. Yeah, that baby was interesting. I felt like there was a lot of potential loaded there mm. with that little one. <laughs> I love uh, him. I know. They're going to release him. Yeah, failure to thrive. Why didn't he just freaking go to sleep? I'm sure. <laughs> I know, like, just because he couldn't sleep? I love they're like, failure to thrive. Well, you know what's funny, too? Is, like, he's failing to thrive because, like, again, back to the trauma point. Well, thrive under their standards. That connection and the way they're doing it as far as what we know. Is as a, wrong. Exactly. We're going to take you from your mother immediately. You get housed over here. And we're going to wonder about why, yeah, in your isolation and non-connection, you're acting yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what do you think about Jonas giving Gabriel the memories to help Gabriel sleep? I like it. Oh, I loved it. I loved it so much. I loved it. Everything that Jonas did that was a rebellion. I, I was, was like... kind of expecting there to be more of a punishment for him to be doing that. I thought someone was going to find out or something and that was going to be a big problem. But it was kind of wholesome. He was just storytelling. Trying to help I know. You know, you know I like something I think that. we would do. Fairy That's tales. something we would do to our babies. Yes, totally. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Until he was going to go be released, though, right? And then 
So in a way is one of the things that the first book then is exploring is the author's idea that our humanness is actually connected to and tied up within emotions, memories, and storytelling. In a nutshell, is that kind of what you think the author is playing with? She probably read Women Who Run With The Wolves before she wrote this. <laughs> Maybe. She's probably one of the four. I also think it's individuality is a big part of it too. Yes. Authenticity, yeah. individuality. Yeah. That's why they had to get rid of one of the twins. Remember? There can't yes. be anybody yep. that's... Which is ironic because they love sameness. They love sameness. Yes, but two same. Yeah, because they're all essentially twins. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> But not too much the same. <laughs> That's where we draw the Also, line. maybe because twins come with that built-in, at least by folklore. I've never done a twin study myself, but that built-in connection. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone always, oh, I was three states away and my foot hurt. Oh. All right. When hers caught on fire. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Also, each family has to get one girl and one boy. They would have to separate them, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can have like a sisterly oh, bond because we yeah. shared a bedroom for 40 years. Because <laughs> that happens too, right? You and Leah still sleep together, right, Kara? Obviously, yes. Yeah. I'm really struggling right now. She's traveling and I'm like, they're not sharing the bedroom anymore. <laughs> Oh my God. Do you guys remember like being kids for anyone who had like a sibling? Lee and I would have to share bedrooms every house we moved to. And it was always like, I want my own room. And then finally we moved to a house where we had each our own room. Do you think we spent time in our own room? That's just what kids are like. I'm realizing they're like, I hate this. And then you're like, fine, we'll never do it again. And then they're like, it's the only thing I want. And you're like, I don't know how to respond to you. It's the only thing. (laughs) You just want me to go crazy. (laughs) Yup. Story of my life. We had a snow day, right? And something was going on with work. So the buses weren't running. So if the kids went to school and I had to pick them up, it was in between something that was really important with work, right? So I said to them, hey, could you just stay home today, not go to school and just do like the online school? Not even, right? Yeah. One said, oh yeah, for sure. The other one goes, nope. Oh, I want to go to school. I'm like, you're so full of shit, buddy. Like you're just doing it to push back against me, right? So I go, fine. Okay, I'll figure this out. Go to school. And then sure enough, by the end of the day, he's like, that was a big mistake. Going to school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was. I'm learning a loser. (laughs) Now you're home to suffer the consequences. (laughs) And then you're like, remember this for next time and they never will and they never will but it's different this time yeah Yeah. i've changed my mind it was just to push against me right it was just or or to be independent of the sibling yes that independence and individuality they want to go i don't want to go or they don't want to go i need to go to school i must yes this is how I know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I define I myself in accordance to your opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think about the people or person who like designed this society? Part of it's all around comfort. We don't want any discomfort. And that's kind of a little bit like our world now where yes. we're being told this story that comfort is good, but now what we find is that all of the comforts of our life is not actually that good for us, right? No. What's that movie with the fat people in the chairs? Is it Wally? Oh, I love yeah. Wally. That's yes. the result yes. of extreme comfort or whatever and right. instant gratification. We can't remember anything. Right. Yes. Yeah. 
You need some adversity. Eva. I'm sorry. I love it when he, like, when he calls movie. Eva's name. It's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so do my favorite movies. You know, I was talking to a friend yesterday about this, about health and stuff. If you want to be healthy long-term, you have to do some things that are uncomfortable. But if you're always told the story that comfort is good and you should want comfort and we're striving towards it, then it makes it harder to be like, I'm going to do this hard thing to be healthy rather than saying mm -hmm. it's, it's a good thing to have a little bit of adversity. Like with Jonas, it's a good thing to feel these bad things because then we have a richer life or whatever, like, you know. Mm -hmm. And same with, totally. like, it also ties in with Glennon Doyle saying you can do hard things as an epiphany, right? Like as if things <laughs> as shouldn't, oh, yeah, like man. as if things shouldn't be hard, things are hard and I can do them. I don't have to mm -hmm. drink and drug my life away just because things are hard. Yeah. yeah. That good yeah. things can come out of me being resilient. Yeah. And, and choosing to, exactly. It's about discomfort. Yeah. Actually, that's something that's come up in observing that amongst my daughter's generation, at least their friend group, a lot of talk around that makes me uncomfortable. So-and-so is making me uncomfortable. And you know, like you just hear something enough that you start to be like, is this like some sort of weird pattern? But it's almost like it's being used. I don't want to say weaponized, but it is almost being used as a manipulative tactic I can't read your mind. You can't read mine, but the way it's being delivered, it's as if you should know that that would make me uncomfortable instead of it just being like, oh, that makes me uncomfortable. I'm going to look after myself now and I need to do X, Y, and Z. It's just looked at like, that makes me uncomfortable. You're a bad person. How could you bring that up? Don't you know the golden rule is ultimate comfort here? It's just a weird observation. I don't even know what, I think I'm raising it because I just can't get my head around it. Just this ethos of the way we do things around here have everything to do with our comfort. Well, and I think also it negates what should come out of your expression of your discomfort, which could be a conversation that could lead to learning. Ah. Right? That ties for me with cancel. Like you made me uncomfortable. Yes. So now you're canceled or whatever. Now you're canceled. Yeah. Or you've done something wrong, whatever it might be, discomfort, whatever. Mm -hmm. So now you must stop existing and lose all of your financial yeah. ability to support yourself or whatever. Right. And sometimes we make mistakes. The response is sometimes the response is appropriate. Exactly. But most of the time we are not acknowledging that humans are fallible and make tons of mistakes all the time. And if mm -hmm. you were just ready to talk about it in a way, you know, with the goal of learning or improvement or growth or whatever, then your discomfort could actually be the starting point of a better person out of both of you. Yeah, totally. Is that what the pill is about then with the giver? It's not just desire. It's let's just make sure no discomfort arises because that's too much of a variable. And that's the twins too. People get uncomfortable when they call somebody by the wrong name. Yeah. Quit, it would happen more often. Be like, oh, oh yeah, true. Yep. <laughs> I need comfort. Who you are, are you? too much alike. <laughs> <laughs> Could you just wear a hat? Please. Name <laughs> tags. Name tags, everyone. Wait, they do oh, have name I... tags though, right? They do, yeah. They should just make twins have surgery. But I think it's more than just the looks too, right? Because mm -hmm. there's that, I think, that secret twin connection. Because otherwise they could be like, okay, they're twins, but as a baby, we gave one of them a nose job. <laughs> 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 to really, when we tattooed their face, number one. <laughs> a tear. Oh my God. <laughs> Literally. Nice. Or I was going to make this point about the language that Virginia was saying. It's like when people are saying literally, I'm doing it all the time right now, when it's not literally. 
It's, it's yes. literally figuratively. And like, yeah. oh, I do the same thing all the time. I had a, a girl I used to work with. That was her biggest pet peeve because people constantly say literally and she'd be like, okay, listen, none of this is literal. Everyone here, none of it's literal. Stop. It's figurative. That's it. Now we can move on with the meeting. It's it was nice to say figuratively. Like just try to replace it with figuratively. Yeah. Figuratively. Figuratively. But it doesn't give you the punch, right? Literally. Yeah. Because it's mm-hmm. the same thing as yeah. starving. Like I was literally dying. Yeah. You know? <laughs> literally. You need You're to You're right. Know. It is all figurative. <laughs> oh my God. You, were, you weren't literally doing that and you were dying because you're telling me right now. So stop. Well, we are all literally dying. Yeah, in some long version every day. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I liked in the book too how they brought that back. Jonas and Gabriel, you know how they were walking away, and then he's like, "Oh, this is what starving actually feels like." So I thought that was a nice link from you know the previous discussion mm-hmm. about the exaggeration of language. I wonder how they control their weather. Do you think they're in like a biodome kind of yes. thing? Yeah. Like that's how I what I imagine. So that's like, why I also didn't think like he was going to be able to spoiler alert escape. I oh. thought he was just going to run into an invisible mm-hmm. wall like Truman Show or something. Mm. Yeah, you can never get past. But then like there's the planes in the sky. But I mean I the Hunger Games. Whatever, we have to Mm -hmm. suspend our belief. For whatever reason, they can control that segment of area, but Mm -hmm. not so much that people can't run out of it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think that they would think of that if they really cared about control that much. I don't think they're serious. (laughs) (laughs) But they all just have bicycles. So maybe that might be like, "Mm, no one's getting out of here. How far can you really go on a bike? Yeah, (laughs) pretty far. That's what I'm saying. This is a, a massive yeah. oversight of the controllers. Not really, yeah. though. They get rid of everybody they think that is going to be difficult to control. They try to get rid of them early on, right? Yes. The babies that can't be controlled right off, mm-hmm. they're really? gone. And if people do something against the rules, you're out of here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, immediately released. Yeah. So you don't need literal borders of protection. Because figuratively, everyone is confined. They're within the mind. <laughs> that was good. Well sorry, well I just wanted to play with literal and figurative a bit more. Yeah, we should be that. sorry. Like you apologize. I'm sorry. Uh, that's what we were talking about. Sorry for appropriately joining the convo. <laughs> that's just how conversations go. It's actually in accordance. With you don't have to apologize. Incidentally. <laughs> That is the evolution of how people talk. <laughs> I came to this conversation willingly. <laughs> oh my! What do you God. think about that oh whole God. thing with the release? Jonas realized that his dad was actually murdering all these babies. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. I have a question. Was, what yeah. about when the old man like walked out a door? Did he walk to another man stabbing him in the eye or whatever they did yeah. to the baby? Like yeah, everyone got killed, right? Like release yeah. wasn't just like yeah. go try to yeah. walk to the next town. No, you're no, dead. Kill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we were reading it and I was like, I'm I fine. have a suspicion that release might mean kill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't think I they ever the blatantly spell it out. Only when Jonas gets to watch the yeah. video yeah. of his dad doing it to the baby. Mm-hmm. Did the dad realize they were being murdered? Or do you think yeah. he just was so caught up in this fantasy that they've created for him that he's just thought they were sleeping or they were going, but he knew I they were know. getting- No, I think he knows. No, no, he was yeah. killing them. I think he genuinely thought he was doing the right thing. Like he grew up thinking that's right and was taught that's okay. 
Yeah, and I think the only reason Jonah knows that it's not right is because he has memories of death and like pain and stuff like that. They don't have those memories, so they probably don't even know. Do they know what death is? Yeah, do they really know what death is? Because death is a sad emotion, right? So do these people just go to their old folks' home, they never see them again, and so that helps with not feeling that emotion of sadness well they have a celebration of their release but they don't know that the release means like they cease to exist they think they just go through a door mm-hmm. yeah that's like retirement just the dad <laughs> because of the babies he special jobs no. like, yeah the mm-hmm. special, special jobs, jobs knows no. yeah and they have rules with their jobs right so yeah. they're not allowed to share that stuff and his dad put it in the garbage like he knows yeah <laughs> yeah, like, yeah yeah pretty uh, cavalier right eh? like do 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 were they banned in this book why did they i wonder why this book was banned <laughs> babies in the garbage seems normal no way <laughs> yeah it makes sense but that's not why it was banned uh, <laughs> like, i think i think, think that it. was part of it, part yeah. Of it yeah oh it was oh yeah okay. infantis- yeah. infanticide yeah. yeah oh yeah. right yes 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 I'm yeah. reading the book and looking at the context about what is the message that they were saying it seems mm-hmm. like they're saying yes. it's bad yeah it's not like the book was like and this is the appropriate next step yeah. <laughs> on any level here is a society to model yourselves after yeah <laughs> Do you think All this favor. book should be a required reading for kids in school I think like do you think the messages no. and the discussion is important no. the only reason I'm saying no is because I read it in middle school and oh, thought did. it was so boring I was just yes, going to say the same I thing it, oh, like, I and I thought it was so boring I just wanted it to end like the last quarter of it didn't care. It just went on and on and on. Hey, he biked off. And especially because it's an open ended, we could have just left with he biked off yeah. and totally. skipped the last mm. like, yeah, in my opinion. But I do think it is cool to have a society because we always think like, oh, what if we lived in a perfect society? So I think that's cool. But I think there's a lot more entertaining educational books. Yeah. For me. I agree. I totally agree with Ashley. I like the idea of introducing curriculum that will challenge kids to explore the themes that we're kind of talking about right now. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that this book is the best tool to accomplish that goal. I also thought the book yes. was boring and terrible. And so did mm-hmm. my son who's not oh. yet in middle school, but he was also like, why are you forcing me to read this? And I was like, because God. I have to. <laughs> Very <laughs> surface level. It just, it didn't really go deep into anything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it, it never caught my attention. I had no idea what was going on in middle school. And even yeah. now that I know what's going on, I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm with you. The beginning of the book and even the middle of it, it was yes. really interesting. Yep. And I was like, what's going on? by the concepts yeah. of it. And then to be honest, by the end, I thought it was just total dog shit. Like, totally. Yes. Yeah. Totally. I was mad because I took the stance that they didn't make it. Okay. Yeah. That's how I felt too. Oh. Yeah. Which would and be the worst too. Amazing. Like, oh, I just read 10 yeah. chapters about this forest travel and you die on the doorstep. Like, and then everything they'd gone through. Why would the author have them die like that after everything they've been through? Yeah. Just have it be more, like something more interesting that mm, values what they yes. went through. A chase or something. It just, it could a chase. Been, yeah. yeah. They need a car <laughs> scene. A car- <laughs> because yeah, the end was kind of boring and it was super mm-hmm. sad. The end, they were sharing heat by thinking about yeah. the sea. And so it was crazy, crazy sad. What kept me going was the assumption 
that there was a happy ending. Yeah. That's why I'm like, I'm yeah. desperate for mm-hmm. a sequel or something to be like, they lived. I think something. the joke is on us then because then the author is literally like, Lois is literally like, checkmate. <laughs> because yeah, the so. dissatisfaction with not getting an ending or thinking it was a sad ending or whatever is like, if you lived in the giver's world, you wouldn't have to even feel this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like see the I ultimate yeah. like, example. She made you uncomfortable. Yeah. And- yeah, yeah. Be like, I don't oh. want discomfort, or do yeah. I? Do I want discomfort, or do I not yeah. want discomfort? Oh, and what oh, what is the price to pay? Wow, uh, yeah. I never. That's interesting. What's that's good point. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Laos, you yeah. genius. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, Evil genius. It's even the part where you're like, the journey's going. And, oh, this is arduous journey for me to read. Yeah. But this, yes. but they're experiencing that too for the first time too, right? Mm. Where they're just like, will we ever make it? This seems to be going on forever. <laughs> it's so yeah. Right? But like, yeah. you know, she's like trying to transport you a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Right? Here's all the reasons the society is controlling all that because the weather and the Mm -hmm. hunger and the stuff, like, look how bad it is out there. Illustrate it for the last bit of the book. Yeah, this is what you think you want. Because the whole book, you're like, this is bullshit. You need to be individual, feel your feelings, yada, yada. Yes. And then the feeling journey happens and it's terrible. And the ending (laughs) is disappointing at best. And then Uh she's like, that's what you wanted. Like, this is what you've been asking for the whole time. Basically, there's no utopia because you have to strike a balance either way. Anybody who strives Mm. for utopia will never have it. There's always going to be- You have to sacrifice something. You have to sacrifice something. So depressing. Totally. Thanks a lot, Lowry. Lowry. I feel like Lowry got bored. (laughs) Yeah. Her writing- Well, so did I. (laughs) Just- (laughs) That's how I used to write stories as a child. I'd have a great beginning. I'm so happy some of you felt that way too. I, I feel like you and I are jeans picks. You know, we talked about <laughs> jeans Ashley and I have the same reception of books. We'll have to compare notes for books. Oh. Yeah, we should do that. That would be cool. Mm. Do you guys feel like with the sameness that they're striving for, before you saw the movie, did you feel like the sameness, they were all white in the society? Or did you feel like question. they had more color oh, to them? that's a great question. Because I saw the movie before reading the book, so this is impossible okay. to answer. Okay. No, I think that, well, they were black and white. Oh, true. Okay. So I don't know if there was gradients of of skin tone so that in the black and whiteness, you would tell Mm -hmm. that someone's more gray than Mm -hmm. the other person, but there was no color. So they were all whatever. Except the redhead. He only knew she was a redhead when he could see color. Because he started right, reading mm-hmm. right. Red, yeah. right? He saw an right. apple, yeah. and then he saw her red mm-hmm. hair. Yes. But before right. then, he had no idea that she was redhead. Right. Yeah. It's hard to say about color, though, but I think it that is. if they didn't take into account the black and white, like if she didn't make that mm-hmm. a thing, it probably would have been all white, right? Yeah. Or all yeah, black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I was getting just from the language. But like, let's be serious. It's probably white. <laughs> Oh, totally yeah. right. Like low-key white supremacy. Cause they say that they got rid right, of right. That's what yeah, I was like. they got rid of the differences, <laughs> yeah. but Jonah could see the red in certain people's cheeks as well. But some people had more red than the other. And the giver was saying they couldn't take away all of the differences. 
genetics haven't been caught up to that. So that's why some people had more red cheeks. And so that kind of made me wonder, are these people all supposed to be Caucasian mm, or good. not? Because they're typically that's where you can see red in people's cheeks. Yeah. yeah. Didn't Gabriel have blue eyes? eyes. Yeah, I'd say sure. Gabriel had blue eyes mm-hmm. and then the mm-hmm, other girl mm-hmm. had red hair. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's pretty white supremacy. Like yeah, blue eyes, blonde haired, like fair skin, yeah. but yeah. we don't know because we only have three samples from the whole community. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Of, like yeah. of any ex- ex- data. I mean, yeah, data. it wouldn't make any sense though reading the book for there to be too much diversity. I would think. Yeah in race uh, i don't even think there'd be any religion that would be too potentially corruptible to their control are they all black yeah i agree well it would be interesting to see if they thought that that mattered because that would be a really cool exploration that would the answer because in truth skin color doesn't matter to the personality until you add in life experiences etc and it has a a large impact but in this weird society do they see that as something that needs to be controlled like they didn't kill everyone with red hair you know what I mean like those diversities are there Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. and there's brown eyes and blue eyes so those diversities were there Mm -hmm. they where did they draw the line exactly was it like everyone yeah like what's the cutoff yeah yeah Mm-hmm. We know that they want emotional yeah. and mental and psychological sameness. What yes. about the physical aspect? Because the only example for physical aspect is killing twins. See, which- all these options could have been included in the book to make it more interesting. Totally. <laughs> or at least like the thing too is teachers should be doing what we're doing and drawing out the conversation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just the, just read this book and we'll never talk about it again. Mm-hmm. Probably not. But like mm-hmm. read this book and we're going to do an in-depth kind of exploration of it it could be valuable right like yeah Mm -hmm. yes it's nice when it's short because then you have spend more time with the conversations rather than with the reading the book totally yeah yeah different reading depends on who reads it as to how they perceive the society too yes oh absolutely which is interesting too because the book about the sameness or whatever the uniqueness is exhibited by way of people all reading the same book about Mm -hmm. the sameness and having different experiences of it because we don't take those pills (laughs) the boner pills yeah (laughs) we don't take them so the giver is giving the receiver information about all of history and we were just talking about different races and histories and that would be included in the things he's giving him so it should have been a topic i think if yeah like what was that community looked the same right exactly that would be a topic Mm -hmm. if all of a sudden he had all the memories of history Mm -hmm. since the beginning of time and then he looks at his community because he can see them in color now if they didn't look yeah what he now has the knowledge of so maybe that's more evidence though that his community is diverse because he didn't ever note that in his memories you know like oh and there were people there that I've never seen before you Mm -hmm. know right right maybe we'll never know couldn't put it all in i guess yeah um, (laughs) i didn't experience the book like everybody else i didn't find it difficult to read or i just sat down Mm. i read it all at once i wanted to get to the end as it was going on so i did for me it didn't drag or what were your feelings at the end of the book i like an ending like that yeah because then it makes me think about all the possibilities and what the author wants you to think about because it's so like up in the air. You really start thinking about the sled memory that he received. Okay. 
is it real? So at the end, is he just re-experiencing this memory because the baby's releasing it to him because the baby's dying? Oh. Or oh. in my mind, I was like, did the baby die? Because he'd given all these things to the baby to help it get through. Right. As we know, when Rosemary died, all of the things she had received went out into the community. Did that mean the baby died? And if the baby died, then oh, I never or the sledding wasn't real. It was a memory. But if they survive and they're sledding down in the same way as the memory, then what does that mean? Was somebody looking into the future and that's where that memory came from? Is there something else going on? Mm. Trying to tease out, is it real? Is it not real? And what does it mean for the rest of society and the rest of the mm. memories that the giver was giving him? Are they present memories? Are they future memories? Is it just history or like more than that? I, I never know. thought I of those it. layers. It makes you thinking yeah. back to all these things. Yeah. It really sounds like that type of ending, at least with this book, allows you the opportunity, Meredith, to consolidate all of your learnings from that book to come up with potential predictable patterns of what the next steps would be, what future chapters would be. Right. I like to think yeah. about what the author is trying to say. Like, it's like art is a way yeah. of showing, expressing. Trying, trying, expressing ideas and stuff. What is she saying? What, what's the commentary on our current world? because of that and so yeah. this book I think is very relevant now even though it was written before because we're at a point in history where overpopulation is a huge thing maybe not right now but there's gonna be societies thinking about some of the themes in this book really I think it's so relevant yeah. to today I agree I mean especially like there's so much around the DNI stuff about you know everyone being authentic to themselves and so not conforming so I like that parallel you just drew. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It can totally be compared to colonization with indigenous people yep. and how, you know, if you are colonized and you come into this community and you assimilate into it, you're not going to go starving. You're not going to be poor. You know, all these things are kind of like granted, but you lose that history. You lose that feeling of community. You're losing all of that stuff kind of that this community mm -hmm. has taken away from all of their people, all of their feelings. Yeah. You're even losing like your own name of language yeah. and having it replaced totally. with yep. very clear precise <laughs> language at least and in being scolded for yeah. not saying it properly yeah yep absolutely well, so it you can totally see the parallels right. i don't even know if that's on purpose but i mean a good book you can compare it to so many different times in history mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the residential schools that would be yeah totally a really big yep. example of that mm-hmm mm -hmm. Earlier, I believe Kim was saying she thought that being the giver or receiver would be one of the best jobs. Do you guys have a job when you were reading that you were thinking, oh, I would like to do that? Giver or receiver, just like Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing it's, else will do. No, for real. It's yeah. like, I can see the power there as well. Like you get to turn off the speaker mm -hmm. and it's the knowledge keeper. If you want to draw back another parallel to indigenous culture, right? Like it's the ultimate elder with all of the stories. You hold the key to the past. And just to your point too, Ashley, that mm -hmm. assimilation, we see how well that works out. Like it kills people. You know what I mean? Their spirit, it just really is destructive. So mm -hmm. the idea that this is a utopia yep. is actually one, again, mm -hmm. in a dystopian novel is all like, ah, it's actually a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Well, think about the parents too. So after the parents 
get paired, then they are allowed to have two children. And then once they get mm-hmm. old, they're sent separately to old age homes. Totally. It no is a nightmare. There's no connection. There's 25 years this person and you're like, see ya. Now I go to an old age home where 11 and 12 year old house of the old, right? Yeah. And then eventually they kill me with a needle, like horrible, just a horrible existence. Here's the, on the flip side, the other question, is there anybody who, if they had the choice, wouldn't be the giver receiver and would choose a different one? Because I think the book is making you want to be the person who suffers. Mm -hmm. Okay, Ashley, let's hear it. What would you Um, want? I would want to be... I would want to be a birth giver, (laughs) mostly because I think they're the only people that have sex. And I would be pretty sad in life if like I couldn't do that. Um, And they seem to be treated really, (laughs) they seem to be treated really well. They got like a three year vacation after giving birth. Are you kidding? They're the hard laborers after that. Yeah, they do hard labor. All good. That's fine. that's, That's fine because she's having sex you know, and going on vacay. I got to smush. That's what I'm I saying. Got to <laughs> That's oh all God. I wanted. Like Jim Chan laundry. <laughs> Do you have the same criteria? <laughs> okay, but are we sure they're actually having sex? Like maybe it's just all artificial. It is artificial. Yeah, not even I don't think involved. you're having any sex. Oh really? I don't think so. No, they don't love sex. It's against the rules. <laughs> if I found out that it was. If I insemination, I would go over the bridge. That's what I would do. <laughs> I would release myself. <laughs> I would apply for release. How did we lose that one? Oh, she couldn't have the sex. We lose so many that way. We lose so many. <laughs> we wanted a different kind of release. Yes, exactly. I need some kind of release. Yeah. Any kind. Any kind. If you won't give me this one, I'm out of here. I need to release. They would have to have the person who gives birth and one of the jobs would be like a stud or whatever. Yeah, it would have to be. So she actually would only get the best. Only the best dick. Look at this. See? See? Thank you. That's what I deserve. That's what Um, I deserve. So that's what I would want to do. Over here. Yeah. Oh. oh my gosh. Oh so my God. yeah, I mean the giver receiver awesome job too, but I think a birth giver is probably top tier for me. But wouldn't you feel like just sad? Well, you feel sad because you gave birth to a baby and then they take them from you. Three oh. times. No, that's immediately. Yeah, I couldn't do it. And they may kill it. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. But you don't know you don't know that they kill it. And you have to do the labor. <laughs> okay. Okay, true. All the labor. Maybe because I've never been through labor. There's Mm-mm. probably no epidurals. Oh. Although maybe there is because they're like, oh. don't feel anything. Oh. So maybe they don't feel pain. So yeah. maybe you're okay. Never mind. It would just be C-sections all the way, do you think? So maybe I go into labor and they put me to sleep and then I wake up with no baby. Yeah. Sold. Yeah, but Sold. Horrible. Oh, yeah. Sold. No, horrible. <laughs> no, you would hate it. The part I didn't oh, no, love I about might. the birth mothers is that, you know how they were saying that there's no value in that and job. And they're lazy. From the yes. community. Yes, and, and that was it reminded yeah. me of how we treat sex workers in our community. Mm. We totally think they're yeah. bottom of the bottom. We treat them like shit, like they don't deserve healthcare. And that's just not true. It, well, birth giving is such an important part of mm-hmm. the community. And also sex work, that's our government driving people to do that. It's not... So yeah. many times that's not their choice. Exactly. And as if they're not working, people act like it's not real work. Like yeah. these people are working. 
my friend. Mm-hmm. Like, Harder than they get yeah. situations. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Danger pay they're, too should be included. Yeah. And they're traumatized mm-hmm. potentially forever. Yes. Yeah. The risk of murder being a sex worker is so high. It's really like they have such a dangerous job. Violence, mm-hmm. murder. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a really hard cycle to get out of as well. Oh God. Yeah. 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 For sure. There's just no support for it. Right. It's Mm-hmm. But also the fact that in the book they're saying even being a mother has no value. Giving birth to another yes. human. Labor, mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. You're creating life. You can't yeah. do that without women. Mm-hmm. And it's so ironic that that's also how society can see women as well. You're yes. just here to give birth, but you mean nothing mm-hmm. to society or this human being that you gave birth to and it's how could you not it's men it's men mm-hmm. that think that and it's funny that Lois you know? is a woman the, right that wrote that it's pronounced Lois yes Lois Lois on her pages it's the patriarchy again mm-hmm. patriarchy. always I'll bring it back to the patriarchy every time do it every time patriarchy <laughs> ugh remember when <laughs> Ashley we read another book that if you listen to it on audio table even if you read it after every time yeah. they put patriarchy, it was always, ugh. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> All right, my friends. I'm so sorry. I need to bail a few minutes early here to go be a taxi driver. Before you but go, Sage, you-, you would recommend the yeah. book. I would just because even like for all the reasons that came up, some people couldn't get into like the flow of the reading it, or some people hated the leaving you hanging ending. What it did do Mm. for me was create many pockets of opportunities to just think about things and reflect both within the book, but parallel it to like what's going on in the world. And that is, that's a gift that the giver gave to me. Oh, I like thinking about those things, oh, you know? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I yeah, I would you. recommend it. All right. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs> you are released. <laughs> really? I love it. Okay. I'm being released. Bye, Kara. Bye. Yeah. All oh right, everyone gosh. else, who else recommends it or not recommends it? I don't recommend it. And it's just my personal bias. I didn't like it in grade eight, didn't like it now. But I can see younger people, even people close to my age, liking it. It's just not the type of book I enjoy. So I would have a hard time recommending it. What about you guys? I feel the same way as Ashley, but I will say that our conversation today was the thing that brought me the most enjoyment out of this book before I was like out of the garbage I don't care I hate it forget it like whatever but talking about it today made it slightly more interesting for me but the actual act of reading the book no and the story itself like whatever I just I think also the same as Ashley like it's not my kind of book I have a problem with like dystopian novels and science fiction is not my genre of choice so a couple stars have to align for me to actually really like books that fall into those categories this one didn't quite have whatever that extra thing is that actually makes me develop some kind of what's the word I'm looking for positive feelings (laughs) any any positive feelings toward it (laughs) I wouldn't yes. recommend it. It's just a personal thing, though. I don't think... Now, I'm just going to end it there. No, no recommendation here. Okay. Yes. Virginia? It's a hat trick. I would not recommend this book. However, mm. I do think that there's some really great points here. Like, I would love to see it rewritten, almost, with some of the concepts that I like. I feel like 
the dystopian world was kind of messy. Like some of it just doesn't, and I know it's not supposed to make sense, but just some of it just was too out there. Like we're moving color. Like, how would you do that? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you know, like, and it's just, Mm -hmm. some stuff was just too far that I just couldn't really get on board with, even if it's, you know, fantasy dystopian world, but I liked part of it, right? Like I mentioned already, I love the concept of it. I love the conversation it would bring up with the beginning of the novel. It's halfway through when they start like describing more of this dystopian life, you know, with, like you said, like the color and that kind of thing. Then it was just like, okay, I'm out, you know? So it's a hard no for recommending it, but I do think it would be an interesting rewrite. I love that Um, your recommendation is rewrite the book. Get yourself a busy and go rewrite it. (laughs) I recommend a rewrite. Yeah. And there's so many other great books, like other band ones, like Catching the Rye and stuff like that. Like those are really great. The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. (laughs) Yeah. So I think this one can sit on the shelf. I'm like the opposite of Kim. I love dystopian novels and like a little bit of sci-fi in there. Love it. Would I recommend the book? I like the book as like a book club book, honestly. Sometimes you like have a book in a book club and the book was really enjoyable to read, but everything was laid out there. You didn't have to think about it. And you get to the book club and people are like, liked it, didn't like it. And that's Mm. it. There's no like conversation. That's what I like is like talking about reading a book, talking about it, you know, coming up with these ideas and seeing what other people think, right? That kind of uh, deeper Mm. dive. So, and for that reason, I think it is a good choice for school. Even if some people might find it boring to read mm. because it's the conversations that are very interesting. I didn't find the book particularly boring either. Actually, there was a kid who had to pick a couple books for school. I think band books. They're doing band books. And he had a list and this one oh, was on cool. the list. I'm like, oh, I'm reading it. He's like, would you recommend it? I was like, yeah. Because if you're doing it for school, there's so much to write about. So I don't know if he ended up choosing it, but it's also short. So. Did you give the kid the Coles notes? Did you tell him? I said, read it. <laughs> and he's like, come talk to me about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> give me um, the Coles notes. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, maybe. I guess I kind of did. It's not a thing to like write home about, I guess. I would recommend it. I, I thought it was a really them. fast read. I liked it enough. I hated the end because mm-hmm. unlike Meredith, I was willing to go through the boring, their suffering to get to this happy ending. And then when they didn't, I was mm-hmm. super disappointed. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend it, but I didn't love it. I thought it was good enough. Like I read through it. I liked it enough. I hated the end so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read the sequel, The Sea. And if the sequel is super disappointing, then maybe I write off. I may withdraw my recommendation. (laughs) (laughs) If both kids don't live and they don't have a happy Christmas with grandparents, I might write off the whole thing. I love your threats. uh, (laughs) But you've got some high expectations. Well, that's why I read Jane Austen. Happy ending every time. Mm -hmm. Happily ever after. You always know that's the end. Right. And most Jane Austen spinoffs always have the happy ending. That's all I want. It's like knowing that it's going to be fine. They can struggle, but it's going to be fine. Yeah. So I hated the ending, but I'd recommend it. And it's super fast read. That's what I really liked about it too, was how fast it was. Just even in an afternoon, I was halfway done the book. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do agree with you guys. It's such a good conversation book. So yeah, maybe for a book club or something. I could see it being recommended for that. By you? Yeah. Uh, not by me. <laughs> <laughs> not by me, you. but I could see it being out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so oh, boy. 
any last thoughts? And then we'll move to the next book, which is something diary of a... Absolutely true. Yes. Absolutely true diary of a... Part-time Indian. Thank you. <laughs> Great. 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 Thank you. Is that a graphic <laughs> novel? It is a graphic novel. Yeah. But it's not... I don't have it yet. It's not as graphic as previous graphic novels. Oh. Like, it's not like a comic book. Mm. Oh, no. I haven't got no. one yet. By not as graphic, were you referring to like the naked cadaver picture? Well, that's the only, unfortunately, (laughs) that's the only graphic novel we've done before this. So I guess by default, (laughs) I am. But I'm also referring to graphic novels that I've read with Fred. And I just mean it. it's not set up like a comic. As far as graphic goes, it's pretty graphic. So (laughs) just (laughs) when you were reading that. (laughs) Pretty graphic, but not graphic. Not literally graphic. <laughs> really it's not graphic. literally graphic. It's figuratively a little graphic, but not literally. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Wrap it up. Book interrupted. I traveled internationally and my bag did not make it to my final destination. I wasn't too worried about it because it's happened before, many times before. And usually the bag is delivered to me in a day or two or at least a couple weeks. But this time it was not. I've been on the phone a lot with the airline I bought it through and also with their affiliate airline that my trip got transferred to and airports and really just want to get my stuff back. It's not like it's that nice of stuff. It's just that it's my stuff and I don't want to have to replace it. Anyway, hopefully one day soon I'll have an interruption saying that I got a call from the airline and they found my bag. But until then, it is interrupting my life kind of on the daily, just trying to get answers. Oh, well. Book interrupted. It's book report time. We're going to find out from each member their final thoughts. And do they recommend the book? Let's listen. Hello, hello. I am here to give my final book report on the book, The Giver by Lois Lowry. I have to admit, I saw the movie first before reading the book. That would be a classic Kara move, watching the movie before reading the book. Just because if the book is really good, I don't want it to be spoiled by the movie afterwards. So I kind of like to do things in a reverse order. The book wasn't bad. What I mostly enjoyed about it was the themes that were played with, just around like emotions, control, as well as what does storytelling and memories, how does that impact a society or a community or when those things are missing, what happens? So I was really interested in that. I didn't find that reading the book, it didn't seem to like, I don't know, you know, some books you can just get into it and the language and the writing, like everything really flows. It felt a bit more choppy to me. So I appreciated the movie a bit more because it seemed to have a fluidity and flow to it. I also really enjoyed how the main character was a teenager it was really nice to by having the main character as a teenager he was able to in the movie have a love interest and that added another layer it was kind of like a more of a hook actually in the in the storyline it allowed me to become a bit more invested in the character the book wasn't bad i absolutely would recommend it i just appreciated and liked and connected with the movie a bit more but what i would love to share with you is just some of my thoughts that i'm processing 
you know, like a utopian society and the idea that this group of people, the elders or the ones in charge kind of thought like the way to go about creating this utopian society is obviously the removal of our past, our histories, our stories, erasing those memories. Those are all housed and held within the giver and the receiver only. No one else outside of that dynamic is privy to that. And it just kind of got me thinking a lot about one of my latest areas of interest is looking at the hierarchies in our educational system and wondering about, well, what would an alternative learning model look like? And just that whole like decolonizing education has led me to start to do a lot of research on my own around the importance with any given community, how important it is to have those histories, to have the oral storytelling traditions, to hold those memories and to not forget. You see that a lot in Jewish culture and indigenous ideologies, how important it is. Those are guiding principles. And the essence of part of that is, is so that we don't repeat mistakes, so that we learn from our past, so that we can collectively grow into being the highest versions of ourselves. And I just thought it was so fascinating because of this book to be able to reflect upon how important it is to have our memories, like what purpose does an individual's memory serve? What purpose does a communal or a collective memory serve? How does that tie into collective consciousness? What does it mean to be human and what is humanness? So it was just really fun to like not even arrive at any answers, but to be walking away with a lot of really interesting and jam-packed questions. So for a wanderer like myself, uh, someone who thoroughly enjoys reflecting than <laughs> more so than they do producing or doing things, I would say those are like the main reasons why I enjoyed this book and why I liked the movie because of all the ideas it started to generate within me, all the curiosities that came about. What happens when groups of people get together? That's uh, so why I'd absolutely recommend it. If you do read the book, I would love to hear from you. What were your thoughts? What did you like? What didn't work for you? And what kind of new questions came about as a result of reading this book? Okay, so we are going to do what would we call it? Book report for The Giver. And I want to know if you can ban a book for sucking, because this book did. Honestly, it was boring. I didn't like the way it was written. I found the language literally hard to say. It was choppy. Maybe it was supposed to be like that, robotic, like how the whole life is all super controlled or whatever. But I did not like the book. I forced my son to read it with me. He didn't really like it either. Small positive note and spoiler alert. <laughs> I did like that at the end they kind of get away or whatever, but that book was just, I don't even know. I didn't like it. I wouldn't recommend it. I also don't really like science fiction usually, so it's got to be a pretty good science fiction-y novel to get me. And I wonder what's going on here because I also didn't like Handmaid's Tale, kind of for the same reason. It takes so long to get to where you want it to go that when it finally gets there, it's the last page or whatever. And so you're like, well, that was a waste of time. I guess I should have just waited for book two. And I also wonder if what I just said is true, then perhaps the way that I should handle these kind of stories, if it's possible, is to read book two so that I can develop enough curiosity about what happened before. And then we might have a match made in heaven. 
and I might actually say I liked a book. But yeah, The Giver was lame. I mean, maybe it was just because the world that it was describing was lame. And so I felt all the lameness like I was supposed to. Maybe the author wanted me to feel lame. (laughs) Unclear. But anyway, do not recommend. Don't waste your time. You have been released. So we just finished the book, The Giver by Lois Lowry. It was a really long time ago when I read the book, it seems. I read it in a single sitting. So it's kind of hard to recall what I thought about it. Although I'm going to say that I liked it because I read it all at once. I just needed to know what happened. I needed to get to the end. And if you've listened to the rest of the podcast, you'll know that it's not a satisfying end. It's really open-ended. It's open to interpretation. A lot of people don't like that. I like that. makes me think. So I did enjoy the book. I don't see any reason not to recommend it. It wasn't life-changing for me, but I liked the book. It was really short, so you know, why not? It talks about a lot of things that we're going to be dealing with or are dealing with already with climate change and all that stuff. So very interesting. Themes in this book go along with something else that I'm currently interested in, which is longevity research, which does seem not related, but I'll tell you why. There's a researcher called Dr. David Sinclair, and he does longevity research, and he has coined this term adversity mimetic. So he's saying that things that mimic adversity to our bodies make us stronger. So the whole idea of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And his argument is that we live in a world of comfort and all these abundance mimetics we have, I guess, or all this abundance we have is actually not good for our health because we evolved in a world where we had adversity and our body evolved to repair itself when it was presented with this kind of adversity. And I think that this book is looking at stuff like that. So they're trying to control the society and they're trying to make it very comfortable. There's no conflict and everything is very controlled. What a seemingly nice place to live for people who are conflict avoiders. You know, there's just very strict rules everybody has to follow. But in the end, when you try to make this very comfortable world, it doesn't work. It's not good for the people. And whether the book ends happy ending or bad ending, I think it becomes clear that the society, the community that was left behind is going to suffer because they really couldn't control everything. They put, you know, all their eggs in one basket in a way by putting all the history into, you know, one or two people and losing that person now shows that all their efforts made them a very unhealthy society. They won't be able to handle the loss of the receiver or ultimately when the giver dies, the loss of the giver. So it makes you think it's nice to have comfort in life and to be able to relax, but maybe not too much. You know, you can't relax your whole life away. You got to do a little bit of exercise or your body's going to not work very well. Just like you need a little bit of feelings or your community maybe doesn't really act like a real community because nobody cares for each other. That's all I have to say. Read the book. Don't read the book. I think it's great for a group discussion. So I think It's nice that it's used in schools to spur these discussions because isn't that what reading books in schools is all about is learning how to read a book and really think about what the author's thinking and dissect it and see what you think about the world or the world they created. That's it for me. So I would recommend this book. It was super fast. It's a really short book. My book has 224 pages. It's meant for like a young audience again like either young adult youth juvenile book it kept you engaged the whole time it wasn't complicated 
for instance, when people are released, it was clear for me from the beginning that released means that they probably killed them. I really like the book. I like the concept of if you take away all obstacles and all memories of anything that was struggles, that not peace, but people just kind of go through their routines. No one's really happy, no one's really sad. They're neutral, they're colorless. So I thought that was an interesting take. I kind of like how the giver shares their memories. That was a kind of cool thing she did, how they place their hands and then the memories can be released. What I didn't like about this book, which is a definite spoiler if you haven't finished it yet, is I hate that it just ends, that we don't know if it's a happy ending. I really needed it to be a happy ending. Like I wanted it to be a happy ending. I don't know if it's gonna be like The Handmaid's Tale for me, but I'm just gonna pretend it was a happy ending. And that that Christmas scene was legit and he and the little guy that he took with him have a happy family now and live in a different world where there's colors and, and that they actually escaped. It was really sad at the end of the book when they're like sharing memories of warmth and stuff. Yeah, the end of the book was super sad. Like just so sad that I was hoping that the finale would be of all that sadness, something good or a sequel. I don't know, maybe there is a sequel, I'm not sure. I didn't look that up. Maybe there's a sequel to this book. I guess I'll ask the other people in the club if there is. Anyway, I really like how it's like he's left his youth behind and his almost his culture behind when he gets all these memories and all this knowledge of the way the world is other places and has been in the past and how angry he is at them for not caring about releasing people and that kind of thing. So I like how the author painted that conflict within himself that he kind of grew past this neutralness with understanding and knowledge and then how the giver was trying to set him up for it. I'd also like that they made a plan to slowly give back some memories, help the people be able to have color and sympathy and something other than these strict rules of either here nor there without connection really. Anyway, I really liked it. I just really wish there was a sequel or a happy ending because the end of the book was super sad. All right, can't wait to talk to everyone else about it. Hey everyone, this is Ashley and I'm doing my personal journal for the end of The Giver. And how I feel about the book is pretty similar to when I started. I really don't enjoy this book. I think it's boring. So much of it is surface level. You don't get enough detail, in my opinion. There's this very unique dystopian world where people are considered sane. And I don't think we get enough background onto how we got there or how they got to remove people's color or what the pills that they're taking really do, in my opinion. But I did switch from reading the physical book to the audiobook. And if I had to recommend the book, I would recommend the audiobook because when Jonah is experiencing new things. The audiobook actually plays sounds. It starts playing before Jonah really even tells the reader what he's seeing. You actually start to get excited and I think that's the point is to get the reader to experience kind of what Jonah is feeling to make you feel the same excitement or curiosity kind of like what's coming up. So I really enjoyed that. The audiobook was a lot better for me than the actual book. The ending, I don't like open endings like that. <laughs> so the ending was open. I don't super love that. 
to me what I think happened in the end is I don't think they made it I can't wait to hear what the other girls think so I just think the book needs to be expanded on really there's so many things that I think could be taken out and replaced with something more interesting I guess I kind of understand why it's in the school curriculum or it was 10-15 years ago I don't know if it is now because it's a banned book. I would also like to know why it's a banned book. I'll have to look that up myself. But it's really, it's not my favorite book. Out of the books we've read for the podcast so far, I think this is my least favorite. And I feel kind of bad saying that. I think I also came in with a negative point of view to begin with, and that may be impacting how I feel. But I'm most just excited to talk to the girls about it and then hear what my other friends think. Although I do want to give a shout out to my friend Sienna, who did spoil part of the book for me. But that's okay. That's totally fine because I did read it when I was in grade eight. I just didn't remember everything. So yeah, shout out to her. And I yeah can't wait to hear what the other gals think. I am filming my final book report from beautiful... Prince Edward Islands. So the question is whether or not I would recommend The Giver. Spoiler alert, I'm gonna be talking about the spoilers at the ending, so switch it off if you don't wanna hear it. I guess it all depends on what your perception is on the finale of the book, if you think that Jonas and Gabriel survived or not. I would say I would 100% recommend the beginning of the book and the first half of it. I really liked what the author did with the concepts of it and you know it really made you think about whether or not you'd want a certain dystopian community. I imagine you could make parallels to it with any part of future generations or past generations almost like you can with 1984, George Orwell's 1984. So I think that was really great and especially for kids to really be able to dive in and dig into the concepts that they present in the book about sameness and not having individuality and people picking like your careers and your spouses and your families. So I think that's really interesting and thought provoking. So I was really invested in the characters and this journey of Jonas and Gabriel. But by the end, again, like I said, I didn't, the perspective I took wasn't that they made it. And so yeah, I literally threw the book and swore. So I'm gonna say no, I do not recommend this book. But the other women in this book interrupted podcast, they took it a different route. So, so a couple of them thought that they did survive. And my understanding is that there's sequels that also allude to, you know, a more concrete ending. So if I took it in that regard, perhaps, but I still only give it like a six out of 10. So I think there's other books out there that if you're looking for a banned book, that might be more worthwhile. That's it for me. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com. Bookies, we really want to hear from you. Go to www.bookinterrupted.com to find out the variety of ways you can get in touch. Give us a call and leave a voicemail and we will play it on the podcast. Or write us an email and we can read it on the podcast. Or better yet, leave us a review on iTunes. Anything, bookies. We want to hear from you. Pretty please. 
Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us books you think we should read. Tell us about your favorite moments. Tell us anything. Please, we want to know what you think. So don't forget, that's www.bookinterrupted.com or iTunes and leave us a review. We will love to hear from you. Talk to you soon, bookies. Book Interrupted. Never forget, every child matters.